Happy Monday, FT Live coming at you. Scotty Braun, AJ Pruszynski, Eric Kratz, Max Muncie joining us soon. Cody Decker and Britt Giroli from The Athletic later on as well. Muncie, first of all, has been battling sickness for a while. I just, I didn't realize it because he just kept hitting homers. Yeah, he was, he had the flu, right? Mm-hmm. He's got like the long flu. Is that what it was? I don't know. Yeah. Like they talk about COVID having long COVID. Maybe he had the long flu. I felt like it was a while for him, but you couldn't tell. No, same with Pete Alonzo. I mean, last week, Pete Alonzo said he had the flu. He couldn't sleep in the same bed as his wife because he was so contagious or something like that and didn't want to get everyone sick. And then he just kept hitting homers. So, where do they at the city field? Do they have like a quarantine room for that, him? That's or what I was wondering. Everybody sick. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if he's hitting like that, I'd be like, I'll take some. I'll take yeah, some. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going up to him. Please breathe on me. <laughs> you have hits on that illness? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You can't, I mean, can't sleep with his in the same bed, but you can share a share a locker room i think he just he just didn't want to he just didn't want to hang out for a little bit i think also people just want to have their jordan moment you know i'm glad the of these guys game, still remember it's a little different in, in may <laughs> than it is in the nba finals they still they you know you want to be a hero hey I'm, I'm sick as hell it sets a good example i'm sick i'm showing up and i'm hitting dingers Cross, did you ever miss days because you were sick not once no not once never well, these guys aren't missing days. I know, but there's people that have missed days. There are people that miss many days when they are ill. Many. Days. I know somebody. I, mean, I, I know. know somebody that got sick on Game One of the World Series, and said he couldn't go. They were like, "Well, you're not even a starter." He's like, "I can't go. I can't go." They're like, "Sleep on a training table. If we need a pinch hit, we'll call you." I don't think so. He went home. I mean, what? <laughs> game one of the World Series. What? I mean, we could probably we're gonna have to have Scott dig into that one. I had a, oh. I mean, I played with a guy once who had, who was who was uh, supposed to pitch and had the diarrhea, couldn't pitch, went home for the World Series. Not in the World Series, but I mean, in the I was like, wait, what? Regular season, still. I mean, we fire some emodium down and. Let's go. Get after it. Clog, clog yeah. it up for clog it up for the two, yeah. I mean, two minutes and forty seven seconds. You're out on the mound for your inning. <laughs> even just I mean, even just go in your pants. Like go in your pants. <laughs> well, they got extra. You're saying go go with the diaper on the mound. Just hey, sliders are tight. Look, man, like it's sweaty. Like it's not going to leak through for a little bit. Like. You're not you're not just like unloading out there, but oh my god! <laughs> just until doing. it does, let it just just no. You can't miss a start. You can't miss a start. All right. So who did it? Who who missed the World Series? The, the only problem that I'm gonna have with finding this is, and obviously I'll get the name from Kratzy afterwards. We're not gonna roast the dude, or will we? But <laughs> unless unless <laughs> it was officially announced, I might not know who it is. You know what I'm saying? Because if a it's guess. a starter. Well, he said it was a bench. Game. I'm saying if it's a starter and he's it wasn't out, on a team, it wasn't on questions. a team that I, it wasn't a team that I played on when it happened. That's even more difficult. So yeah, that, that, it's impossible. That's impossible. It's, gonna, it's, it's called write this down, and in two hours when the show's done, <laughs> I will ask Kratzy, and I'll go. <laughs> can't wait to put this on TikTok and see all of the speculation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's charge the damn mound. Shall we? Uh, let's start with the Yankees and the Reds, not because of the series specifically. And yes, the Yankees are playing good ball. No surprise. And 
Judge is on absolute fire. He's like man on fire right now, I think, because of all the attention that he got with the peekaboo stuff. Plus, he's just really good at hitting homers. But what's the what are the top two words we use on this show, you think, especially since the season started? I've been told this multiple times. Two words. Both that S's. Yes. Well, S's? S-S. Stitching related. Sticky stuff? Sticky stuff. I was going to say, it could also be, you know, looked at in, in a sexual way, but sticky stuff is is the top two. And guess what? It came up again with Clark Schmidt oh. on Friday. Oh, what? No, I just, I, I, it's, it's funny to me that we had this conversation, right? About when Herman did it. There's been four of these now. Three of them have been on one team. All four have been in New York. Three have been on the Yankees. One has been on the Mets. Herman got it twice. First time, oh, go wash your hands. No problem. Bam. Second time, 10 games. See you later. Then sure as are having. Now, Clark Schmidt, he does it, and he said he had fur on the back. Fur? He had fur on his back. So the umpires made him go wash his hands because he had fur on his hands. From the glove. Fur. Not buying it. Fur. Have you ever had fur from your glove? No. Fur. <laughs> ever know anyone with fur from no. their glove? I mean, they put like little, they put like some softer stuff in yes. there. Yes. But fur. Yes. That's his you've had fur. Hey, Don't do that. I said they put some in there, but I've never had. Well, here, look no, at No, I know that. Difference between All-Star and Wilson. Look, no fur. Padding. You have fur. We don't have, we don't do fur. So I nice. I never understood the fur. I mean, fur, it's Why put out. fur? I know. It, what put is some this? dry fit. Is this skiing? Put some dry fit. Some, 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 look, look, no fur. Look, there's no fur in my glove. Why would I put fur in my glove? I'll call Clark. Tell him. Oh, that's, that's a, Kraut's going to have to call a piece of Schmidt, not me. That's fine. That's just, I mean, it's, it's a whole lot of nothing. I mean, you're, you're, you're painting the strokes to be, oh, it's a, you know, it's a Yankees thing. It's a, it was on the no. back of his wrist. Like again, well, that's his ex. What did the umpire say? We didn't get an umpire explanation. No, we did. We did. Uh, what did yeah, the umpire we say? did. The ump, the ump spoke to pool reporter reporters. Um, I'll pull it up for you. Hold okay. on. Because Sorry, David everybody. Bell sure didn't think it was a nothing it, when he went. David Bell didn't want Brian to O'Nora. keep seeing the Reds play anymore. David Bell loves getting ejected. So does Booty. I love David they Bell. They both got he ejected. He was a great coach when I played for the Cardinals. Broke his foot once. David Bell? Should have got out of the way. He probably played through it, didn't he? He tried, but he was limping pretty. <laughs> he was the assistant hitting coach, so he was. I hit him I hit him in the uh, getting ready to pinch hit one game. Hit him right in the toe, bro. You hit him. Smoked him. Oh, shit. <laughs> Shouldn't have been standing there. Shouldn't have been, should have been behind the net. All right, ready? Brian O'Nora was the crew chief. Okay. And he backed up what Clark said. He goes, it wasn't shiny. It wasn't dark like pine tar. It was that fuzz from the inside part of the glove. I think we told him to go wash it off. He washed it off. Nothing was on his hand. It wasn't sticky. And it wasn't a foreign substance. My favorite thing is... Is it fuzz a foreign substance? Fuzz. fuzz. I don't know if it's in the rule book. Either way, fuzz. But my favorite thing is how we're getting the umps talking to the one pool reporter, and each ump is instantly earning their PhD in science. Each one. They can tell you, right? Each one has told you. This one said it's not. Last time when we had Herman, he said it definitely was not just rosin and sweat, even though he clearly didn't get the memo that rosin and sweat could equal sticky stuff. Is this... Is this a baseball show slash podcast anymore, or is this just a, a science show? 
It's science fair. Like when I categorize I mean, it. You know, if my kids, if I had younger, Kratz, your kids are younger, you should do a science fair experiment next year for your kids on how much rosin does it take for me to make my hands so sticky that an umpire will eject me versus they'll just make me wash my hands versus you have fuzz on the back of your hand versus, well, that's too sticky and we're going to kick you out and suspend you for 10 games. And then we're going to come back and say, well, we're going to kick out the other team's manager. And then we're going to, I mean, what what is happening? Like, honestly, what is happening right now? <laughs> The thing that's that's happening in my mind is no one knows. That's the problem. What is happening right now? Do Nobody a science, knows Somebody needs to do happening. a science fair experiment because Major League Baseball doesn't have enough money to waste on, I don't know, one thing that they could give a pitcher and say, hey, this is sticky, but it's not too sticky. Even when you're sweaty and in the Florida State League, this will react the exact same way so that everybody knows what we're supposed to do. And then anybody that gets too sticky – must be using something like it was on the back of his hand. Like they checked, they checked his throwing hand. It's gotta be on your throwing hand. Like if it's not on your throwing hand, there's no magic. Like, Oh yeah, I'm going right here. I'm going to the ball. And then it never touches my throwing hand. No, it's going to be on your throwing hand. Also from Brian Onora, the crew chief after the game, David was upset that we made him clean it off and not eject him. I explained the situation. He kept going. I told him it was enough, and he kept going. I had no choice but to eject him. And then Bell said post-game, I think it was probably obvious what happened. And I'm just going to leave it at that. We don't benefit from me talking about this, so I'm not going to talk about it, but it was obvious <laughs> what happened. I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to keep talking about it. Remember what I said about but? I'm not going to talk about it, but I'm going to keep talking about it because he had fuzz on his hand. Fuzz. Fuzz. I hope that's our new word that we say a lot is fuzz. It just comes, yeah. just sounds really nice. Yeah, and Booney, Booney got fired from that game too. Like, they're in a contest to see who can get ejected the most this year. Yeah, he David was. Bell and Aaron. Aaron Boone goes like once a week now. Yes. Once every you know 26 days. <laughs> we have the stat. We have the stat. Can we show the tweet of David Bell and Aaron Boone ejections versus Dusty Baker? Do you know he almost never gets ejected? Well, because he just sits over there and he chews on his toothpick. He's, he's got chilling. His, he's just got his wristbands. Well, on. he won a World Series last year. Here's here's our buddy Bob Nightingale. Aaron Boone and David Bell were each ejected in the Yankees Reds game. That's from yesterday. It is Boone's 29th ejection and Bell's 23rd, averaging one ejection every 26 games. Dusty Baker has been ejected 25 times in his entire career. Now that number's wrong. 3,000, <laughs> it's either 292 or 929, whatever it is. It's over 3,000, averaging one every 157 games. It's a new oh, number. Bob Nightingale invents some Bob, stuff every Bob once in a while. Bob and John Heyman have spell check issues sometimes on Twitter, and they both will be the Arson, first ones to tell you Arson that. Arson Judge and they, Bob Nightingale. They both will be the first ones to tell you that, but we appreciate their statistical research and the insider work that they do. Yes. I love that it was 32,000 games. <laughs> Dusty Baker. <laughs> Put the just... comma in the wrong place, too. I... <laughs> but so that just shows you. I mean, but people say Dusty Baker. People are like, oh, the manager cares more because he's getting ejected. But Dusty Baker never gets ejected about once a season. But, but, but people love Dusty Baker and say all he does is care about his players. Does it fire you up when your manager gets ejected if he's nah. defending you on balls and strikes? No? Eyewash? I mean, depending if as long as it made me laugh, like when Ozzy kicked the mask that time and threw it, it the other teams, that was kind of funny. Right, that's what I'm saying. Doesn't that stuff's make, funny. Doesn't it make you just go, eh, life's short. Let's just have a good time. Let's go yeah. hit some dingers. 
I think I think I think it depends on the guy. If the guy's always flipping a lid, you're like, okay, like whatever. But I think sometimes, you know, the whole like firing up his team, I don't think it necessarily fires up your team. If your manager's getting thrown out and it's like you guys are playing bad, you're like, oh great. Just another example of us playing bad. Like, come on, just get off the field real quick. Like, we're already embarrassed. Like, we've been doing everything we can to try to win. Like, just get off the field. But I think I think Booney does a great job of sticking up for his players, which maybe keeps his players in the game. I don't I don't know about David. I don't know about Bell, but he, you know, I'm assuming he sticks up for his players too. Doesn't every manager stick up for their players? No. <laughs> no. No? Mm-mm. They don't? Mm-mm. Well, not all well, their isn't players. That their jo- isn't that their job? I, I could make a case that the Cardinals have been – picking and choosing who they like and don't like on their current team and telling you out loud. But he, but Ollie Marmel still stands up for somebody because he got in a fight with C.B. Buckner in spring training. True, true. So there's somebody <laughs> he stands up for. Hey, and they're playing good ball, so I will give them yeah. credit there. So uh, let's go to the Astros, though. They've won seven in a row. Now they played the A's this weekend. Oh, here we go, Scott. Uh, don't go over the schedule. Uh-huh. Do you know how many games they're on pace to win? Uh, 40. No, way less. 34, 35. That would be a Dude, please, Mid-30s. A's. Please, A's, do it. Please, A's. Come on. Please do it. Yeah, what? Like please do it. They're going to try on purpose to lose? Please do it. They're tr- Valdez, you've said all year they're trying to lose. Framber Valdez with a shutout yesterday. Should it count? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. Framber on line one. Uh, clip, that off. Ron. clip that off. Uh, at home, though, he was great. Uh, 2 nothing dub for the Astros. And Altuve's back. And they're making their little push, despite what the Rangers are doing. And for the most part, obviously, Texas has been surprising everyone. But come on, Houston is really good. Susan Waldman said it a long time ago: the Astros still in the league. I mean, they're the class of they're still the class of baseball. I know they've had some injuries. Yes, yes. As long as Framber Valdez is going out there throwing CGs, I don't care who he's pitching against, but he is good. And his that curving ball thing oh. he throws is nasty. Yeah, it is. And then he goes 96, whoo, power sinker. And then you just got Altuve back. Here you go, watch this. No chance. Yep. I feel like that curving ball that he has, like AJ said, is that one that you put in the machine when you're like, all right, we'll do some lefty curveballs. And you throw it and you're like, all right, that's un- unrealistic. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna see anything like that. And it's just, I mean, it just <laughs> And the guy, I mean, he made he makes every lineup look silly. That is, unfortunately, they do need a little bit more out of their rotation if you're talking about another another push to the World Series. But playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Yeah, they'll be there. Eric, guess guess what the Astros do almost better than anybody? Pull on the prospects? trade deadline. They go out and get whoever the frick they need. They go out and get him. They went out, oh, you want Verlander? We'll go get Verlander. Oh, we think he'll help us win a World Series. Oh, you want us to go get another catcher? We're going to go get Wilson Contreras. No, he's not good. Okay, we'll go get Christian Vasquez, who started his whole career. Oh, yeah, you're going to sit behind Maldonado. Oh, we need this guy? Okay, let's go. We need Trey Mancini? Okay, we'll go get him. We need whoever. They're going to go get whoever they need. Oh, you need a bullpen guy? Okay, we'll we'll throw some A-ball guy in to go get a bullpen guy. I mean, they, they're, they're unbelievable at it. They, they do it every time. That's why they go to the LCS every single year, because they make the right moves. They have a great core. And think about it. Framber Valdez signed for like $1,500 or something out of Dominican Republic. It was some crazy number. And then Javier, the guy throwing tonight, he, he was kind of the same story. Nobody really knew about him. And 
All he did was start a no-hitter in the World Series last year. So the Astros are, as long as they keep the core, which eventually it's going to get broken up. But Alvarez, Altuve, Tucker, Bregman, Pena, and then Valdez, Javier, Hunter Brown's been a revelation for them. And they'll go out and find either a starter. They have Presley at the back end who's been great. I mean, they just go out and get who they need. They're they're the best evaluator of their own club. The Rays and the Astros, for me, are the two best that look at their team and say, we need to do this to stay competitive, and they go out and do it. Yeah, I agree. And Framber, I was looking it up. He signed for 10K out of the DR at 21 years old. Yeah. That's as old as it gets for an international prospect to sign. So I give them credit. Yeah, they've done a they've done a brilliant job with whoever it is. Is there anybody in the front Okay, office. is there another team? I guess maybe I just the Rays, the Astros, maybe throw the Dodgers in there, maybe the Cardinals. Although this year a little bit, but that develop guys that are ready for the big leagues when they come up. Braves and they put them in a position. They say, "Hey, Chaz McCormick, you're going to be our center fielder. Go get him." Okay. Jeremy Pena, you're replacing Carlos Correa, franchise legend. Oh, what'd he do? NLCS and World Series MVP? Same year, right? I mean, it's like mm-hmm. every guy they call up and they put in a position, they perform. It's amazing. I don't know what they're doing on the developmental. They fired their GM. They won the World Series. They essentially had no GM during I, the World Series. I mean, everyone talks about the Rays, but you got to look at the Astros, too. They, they had a living reality show going on last year <laughs> during the playoffs. And they won the World Series. And they won the World Series. Yeah, Scratch, you throw the Braves in there too. I heard you. Yeah, you're right. Front office front office lives of Houston. Is that the reality show? Desperate lives of front office. Yeah, should have been Houston. who's gonna win? Dusty Baker or Click? Yeah, Dusty. Dusty won. won. You know why? Because he doesn't get ejected, but he doesn't stand up for his players. <laughs> <laughs> crazy you win a world series as a gm and it's like all right well we're gonna offer you a bs contract because we don't want you back see See you later have a good one does he get a special presentation for the ring so when you're on when you go to another team they have a presentation where they like meet you and they say hey we're gonna give you a ring did you hear about it no but he he gets one was he welcomed back he gets one somewhere no no he definitely gets one do do they just mail it to him (laughs) yes they just mail. one day it shows up at his home and there's a box and it's like Houston Astros, and he opens it, and he's like, oh, cool, I got a World Series ring. Yeah, not even with a note. Just the There's ring. no note? No. Okay. What you if they really him trolled him and gave him, like, a B ring or a C <laughs> ring? Not, not, not Explain the that ring. for the crowd. Explain uh, that. I mean, there's just different levels of rings that you give. You know, A rings are usually for players on the field, coaches, front office. Um, yeah, and then, and then from there, it kind of starts trickling to – an A or a B ring, and a B ring is like minor league, probably managers, uh, maybe some some field personnel, radio guys, and then C rings are like scouts in the Astros organization. Still a very nice looking ring. It just doesn't cost 25, 30 grand, which is a lot better for them, and it's a lot better for the people getting it because – they don't have to pay taxes on a $30,000 ring, but they still have a nice a nice ring that they can wear out to show people and be like, oh, pay, oh this. Pay, pay, pay taxes? Did you pay taxes? Who pays ring? taxes on their World Series ring? Oh, yeah. What? Tax. What? 
You cannot receive Ooh. a gift from your employer. You pay taxes on your on your Hope World the IRS Series. Ain't right. watching. I never heard that in my life. Hope the IRS ain't watching. <laughs> it's just like because there ain't no baseball player other than Eric Kratz has ever paid IRS for his World Series ring. No, everybody like, does. I, my accountant must be really good then, because I don't let's ask Max when he comes on. Yes, yes, we'll ask Max when he comes also, on. Also, also, uh, when the White Sox, we all only gave out A rings to everyone. Everybody got the same. Wow, that's, that's cool. Awesome. I I give that a lot of credit because that's I, I've now, almost never heard of that. Now we didn't have like the fancy light show like some of them have now, where you like open it up and yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, everybody got an A ring. I heard the Red that's Sox cool. did that the year before too with the. Uh, in 04 when they won it they had they had given one to everybody i heard the cubs did that in 16 when they won it that's awesome hey i want to sneak this in before monty joins us uh, albert pointing this out bregman stole a base this weekend kratz that was all you i told him i mean sometimes like you I, just sh- gotta I heard find this show out. has homers no this show has stolen bases which for him is an even bigger deal yeah and ended up it ended up scoring a run because he stole the base and then he got driven in right after that too he had a bagel on the board. Unfortunately, we had some audio difficulties, and it, we can't we can't replay it. But Scotty and I, we know it happened. I we think know. Todd was probably. Listening. I mean, I can replay it. It just we we prefer it to be well, so cleanly played. But was did he channel his inner horse racing because the Preakness, and he decided to go? Was it had to be the back end? No, of, we, we was it like it. first and third? He back ended it. We had nope. it. Let's, straight steal. Let's run it. Let's run it. We, no. we have we have the clip. From him. Alex Bregman on Friday, Kratz was calling him out. He's like, "What, dude? You can't run anymore?" Because <laughs> he said he, the, like, he no, said I'm the just... bases were easy to steal now. Like everybody's yeah. stealing. And I was like, "What?" Except you. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was a good back and forth. And then he was kind of trying to be like, "Oh, I'm setting everyone up." And then you know, I think he said a year or two. What maybe was it last year? He said in the May. World Series, he stole a couple of bags. Yeah, he said right? he said May. He hadn't he hadn't stolen a base since May. Last year, and then he's like, "Yeah, I think I got like one or two in Game Seven of the World's or Game Game Six of the World Series, whatever it was." He wasn't, he didn't remember what it was, but it was it was classic. But let's run what we have from Friday in Atlantic City. We had Alex Bregman on. Have you seen me run? Yeah, I've seen you run. It's short. It's like you don't get the long strides. You look like you look like one of the mascots running out before the football game. Like they're just like like you can run. I mean, one still. I mean, you gotta get me one before the All Star break. Now that now that Tuve's back, maybe I'll get a a trail. Maybe I'll get a trail stolen base. Okay, that's good. See, that's what I thought. It was a trail. It was either he was on first and someone stole third in front of him, or it was one of those first and third two outs where the catcher comes out and goes, we're not throwing everybody, so just go ahead and <laughs> down my percentage, okay? We're not going to throw this because we don't want him to score from third, so we're just going to give all these signs. The guy steals and you give the old pump fake that only works when you're playing Mike Socha's Angels. And then other than that, I'm just, oh, this, just let, uh, let him go. Don't worry about it. It's just my still stolen base percentage, guys. Don't worry. Just your st- no big deal. No big deal. Nobody looks at that anyway. No, they hate that in arbitration. Mm-mm. Let's hit last minute game time right now. Our friends at gametime.co or check out the app, Game Time, and hit the FT Live promo code for your friends, please. So let's look at the slate. It's pretty packed for a Monday, actually. So you have a lot to choose from. 
What stands out? What's If I give you one game right now, you're hitting up game time. You're like, boom, last minute tickets because that's all I need to do here. I'm going to... Well, I'm going to San Francisco, Minnesota because I'm calling that game tonight for Fox. So. Oh, right. <laughs> but I'm doing it from here. <laughs> so I'd much rather be there. But you know all about it. I know all about that one. So uh, you wish. Actually, no, that wouldn't be the game I would pick, but just because I'm going to be there, <laughs> like to be in Minnesota. <laughs> you need a ticket. relevant on point last minute game time. <laughs> it is relevant. Get a ticket and be like, oh, hey, sorry, I actually ended up at the game. Yeah. So Can I just use the booth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, for me, I, the, the, the Blue Jays' Rays to me is interesting. Rays just got their asses kicked by the, Blue, the Orioles for three games. You know, your boy John Schneider didn't know how many mound visits there are crowds. He forgets that add to two. And next thing you know, he's got to take Manoa out when he's, you know, not ready. But then the Rays are, are just doing what the Rays do, plugging away. And they have a kind of a bullpen game tonight with, with Kelly starting. And they'll probably bring in someone else behind it, you know, to beat up the inning. So they need they need a good start from Bassett. He's been dealing. So that's for me, is the game. The Blue Jays at the race. I'm loving watching everything Chris Bassett's got going on right now, too. He's feeling it. And he's just a guy – I mean, he's a gamer. He's also a guy that's like mid-game adjuster, I think. Um, just like very cerebral on the mound, but then also very like I'm going to strike out the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he pitches with emotions, but but still is under control. He'll talk about it too. Right, and he'll talk about it, real talk about it. And he'll give you innings when you need. Like, oh, bullpen got screwed last night. I'm figuring out going seven or eight. Kratzy, what are you watching tonight? Or where, if you could, where would you be in person? Where would I be? Atlanta. Just talk to Max. Maybe maybe he needs a roommate. He's got a corner room. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to head down to Atlanta. I just think I think that park is one thing, but I think Charlie Morton and the opportunity for him to, you know, I think he's done pretty well against the Dodgers and the current lineup that they have. If he can figure out a way. To get around Freddie in this lineup, I think he's got a decent chance of of putting putting together a nice little start, which he always does really well at home, too. I'm in for ATL. I think last year there was a lot about Freddie and the Dodgers going back to Atlanta. And then remember Kershaw was like, yo, let's focus on on the Dodgers and all that. So I know it's been a year removed, but I just think anytime Freddie's back in Atlanta, maybe it'll pass through eventually but we're not far enough removed from it there's emotions both teams are really good so and i think those two teams are, are two of the favorites right now to meet up in the nlcs absolutely so that's that's me too i'm on it for last minute game time let's talk through it right now so if you've ever been stressed out about buying tickets and there's all kinds of hiccups in the process then you're just not using the right app this is the one you should be using it's called game time go get an account it takes five seconds to sign up and then you go to that profile page on the bottom right corner, redeem code FT Live, 20 bucks off your first purchase, terms apply. And I mean, we've all been in those times when you're stressed out and buying tickets should just not be this stressful. The price that you see on there is the price that you pay. By far the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater, whatever it is. And they have those last minute ticket deals, best price guarantee. So just, you don't need to stress out about tickets anymore. And you don't need to be planning your life in advance. If you're a last minute person, this is the spot for you. So deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, you name the sport, you've got it on there. And the game time guarantee is what I'm talking about. If you find tickets in the same section, in the same row for less, you will get credited 110% 
of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code FT Live for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code FT Live, twenty bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. If you guys do go to Atlanta, by the way, did you see the sandwich I posted on Twitter? Was it a burger? No, it was a Brave BLT or something BLT. It looked what delicious. It had it was a BLT. Yeah. Add bologna, add pimento cheese. Mm. I mean, good combo. Great combo. Plus H and F burger, you can't go wrong with there. Mm-hmm. And Antico pizza is a must every time you're there. Yes. Now, granted, the line might be out the door, but it's worth the wait. Get there early. It opens at yeah. eleven. I was there at eleven on Saturday. With first one in line. You Boop. have to get you have to get to games early in general. Like the way that the game is shifted is th- those thirty minutes that you you leave off the end you. Bring them to the beginning. Get there 30 minutes earlier than you would. Get your food taken care of. If you're early enough, watch a little bit of BP. Just saying. Absolutely. Brittany Giroli, ready to go right now from The Athletic, joining us. It's been a minute. Happy to see her. And Brittany, I heard that this is a stressful time period for you at the moment. <laughs> so we very much appreciate the time. Are you literally moving locations like homes today? Uh, no, we're moving on Memorial Day because I have to go to Cooperstown this okay. weekend for an assignment. And then we're moving on Memorial Day. So it's it's very stressful. Sorry about my lack of the backdrop. Um, we're trying to get everything <laughs> ready for the movers. Guys, I would 10 out of 10 recommend not trying to move in season. It's already stressful. And now it's just like heaps and heaps of stress because of everything that, that goes into a baseball season. So Wait, wait, wait. Are you doing the moving? Are moving the Hall stressful? of Fame classic? Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, I am. Um, I am. Are you playing? No, I did my time there. Oh. I did. Oh. I did the two Hall years. Hall of Fame Classic. I did two years there. Yeah. yeah. Caught every inning. My bad. Really? Home run yeah. derby champ. You know. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Awesome. There's a lot. It looks fun. Yeah. Um. It's a, it's a great time. It's they bring a guy from 30 teams and yeah. you go up to they put you up at the Otisaga up there in Cooperstown and do a whole weekend, make a whole weekend out of it, and you play a seven-inning game at that Doubleday Field, and they give you a private tour of the Hall of Fame, and they have people come up, and you sign autographs. and It's just a really cool event they do to try to raise money for the Hall of Fame. So this is your Hall of Fame classic expert, and then this is your moving expert. <laughs> Go. <laughs> <laughs> moving, give me your moving. tips. <laughs> tips? Sorry, if you're not the one that if you're not the one that has it figured out, then I don't know any tips because I used to get moved during the season and my wife was the one. She had it all packed. She was like, we lived our lives in these like plastic bins. Me and my wife have been married for 20. When I was finished playing, we have been married for 20 years and we moved 94 times since we started being married. So Probably a little bit less moving than what you're moving out of your place, but 94 times. If you need it, I'll send you my my wife's phone number, and she'll make sure everything is taken care of for you. Wow, that's remarkable. Did you guys ever unpack, or were you just like, yeah, screw it, we're just going to live out of boxes? We lived, we lived on the things that fit in the car. That was 94 moves of a month or more that we – so that's how we, that's how we figured that out, so – once it's done, you never want to move again. And then sure enough, about two months later, you move again. So if I Google Eric Kratz, how many addresses will come up? Oh, that's the worst part. That's the worst is 
you know, when you do like a credit check or something along that line, you know, they have like, okay, which of these addresses have you lived at? And I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, I think I've lived at all of those. I, I think you picked every single one of them. And I have to ask her and she's like, she's got her Amazon list and it's like, oh yeah, we sent, oh yeah, that was an address. Remember, remember when we were in Houston for six weeks, that was the address we sent stuff to? Yeah, that's how, that's how crazy that gets. All right, let's do some baseball. Ready for this? So, um, Britt, I listen to the 3-0 show on the Athletic Baseball Podcast Network every week. Big fan. And I know you mentioned this week that you did. Yes, uh, of course. Great mix there with with you and uh, DVR and and Eno. And I know you guys were talking this week about um, the Mets a little bit and that you were with them maybe at this point about a week ago. You spent some time over there. So... What did you observe from that team? And, and obviously, as you know, in this game, things change fast. They're looking a lot better than probably when you were asking them questions because a week ago it was like disaster control. Yeah, it was really ugly. And I have a really fun story going up tomorrow, guys, that um, I don't want to tease too much. But I really had to wait for them to win a couple games or people were going to be like, oh, my God, the Mets are terrible and this is what she's writing about. Um, you know, I kind of get into – what makes Buck Buck a little bit? And one of the best quotes is Buck's like, is this story going to embarrass me? And the answer is yes. It probably is going to embarrass him. Um, <laughs> but there was not a whole lot of like laughing. Uh, Tommy Hunter put it kind of best when I was there. He said, the Rays are red hot. The Metropolitans, absolutely not. Um, and he just kind of deadpanned it. And it was true. I mean, they were dealing with Verlander still really not being back yet. Max Scherzer having a neck injury, which I don't think enough people realize him coming back that quickly. This is the same neck injury that forced him out of the World Series, that forced him out of that start. So you know it's bad when Max Scherzer is missing a World Series start. Uh, and you know he wants to pitch for the Mets badly when he's able to really have it only be a couple days. I saw he's got the callus and he's like, ah, I'd rather pitch through the pain. I mean, he is upset now that he's not living up to this billing. So I think what you saw with him and Verlander in that double header is what the Mets should be, right? And what everyone has kind of been waiting on. So it's really been over the last five days, oh, this is what you expected the Mets to be versus what we saw for the first six weeks of the season, which was just an old unathletic team that really had a lot of holes. And I think that the the kids, you know, the, the young trio of Mets prospects really look like they've energized that team a lot. I think that they're finally getting healthy and there isn't enough made about that. I covered a Nationals team that was 19 and 31 and won the World Series because they had so many injuries early on. I know we sit here and analyze and I do it too, but it is not yet Memorial Day. So there's still a ton of time. A hot week can change the entire standings right now. And I think the New York Mets are a really great example of that. I mean, they've won five in a row. All of a sudden, they're kind of in the hunt here, breathing down the neck of the Braves. When a week ago, people were wondering, are people going to get fired? You know, I, I think we, we sometimes take stuff too far, especially for a team that has as many expectations as the 2023 New York Mets. So is, it, is there a chance that Buck could change his tune for – his entire career as a manager and actually consistently play rookies or is that not going to happen? And he just wants to put his vets back in. So I think he may, I think honestly he gets a bad rep for that kind of stuff. Manny Machado 
came up and played a different position and helped the Orioles get to the postseason when he was 19 years old. Uh, they weren't afraid to promote him from double A and they weren't afraid to put him in a different position. I think the important things for Buck are, can this guy handle it defensively and can he handle the spotlight of New York, right? And I think what you're seeing with a guy like Francisco Alvarez, for example, he has played his way into more playing time, right? If these guys are going to hit and they're going to perform and they're going to prove that they're not overwhelmed by things, they're going to play more. Yes, he gets uh, kind of a lot of flack for being a veteran guy, but that is the way the game was managed three decades ago when he was a manager. He's adapted in some fronts, but I think you're still dealing with, you know, a little bit of, well, I did this for 50 years this way. And, and when we're talking about some of the veterans in the Mets clubhouse, Eduardo Escobar jumps to mind. That's an important glue guy. That's a guy who is going out and making friends with everyone, the Spanish-speaking guys, the older guys, the younger guys, uh, the English-speaking guys, the coaches. He went out and bought the coaching staff all these belts. He got them for the athletic trainers, these custom things. He's taking guys out to dinner. I mean, this is a guy who Buck knows, regardless of what he does on the field, is just important to the team. So I think you have to balance that, too. But certainly if those young Mets kids, you know, the Mets babies, as I think that they were called this morning at a headline, if they're going to continue to perform, Buck's not stupid. He wants to win. He's going to play them. But I think when it's going to be a tiebreaker, the veteran guy's always going to win in his mind. Right. I still remember when you were the beat reporter for the Orioles, and they're going great this year. But did you see their City Connects they debuted? I think they came out this morning. Yeah. Thoughts? Have they just run out of ideas at this point? Because Cincinnati <laughs> and Baltimore's are like block lettering. Yeah. And they put a little color, but there's no orange. It's just, uh, I know. They're, 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 <laughs> I mean, talk yeah, me yeah, through yeah. this here. <laughs> I really yeah, wish I could. So um, <laughs> what's kind of funny is we were talking about Buck and that B he wanted for years and years for them to bring back like the Angry Bird, which they did, but he wanted the B on the hats and they told him no. I guess like Boston owns that. They're very weird about logos and stuff. Um, so they could never do that. And now, of course, they are doing that when he's not there, um, which is probably a little bit of an open wound. But, guys, I saw somebody that said, hey, they're doing the throwback to the wire with these uniforms. And it's not wrong, right? They're they're plain. They're boring. Uh, a tiny bit of color. There's so many other things they could have done here. The Maryland flag. Really cool flag. Charm City. Um, you know, they could have incorporated a little more orange into it. Not saying they have to do the orange on orange. That was like the 1970s throwbacks, but those were good teams. This is a city full of like rich history. And they really just kind of took a page from Great Britain and said, hey, that font looks great. Everyone hates it. Let's slap it on these black jerseys and call it a day, right? <laughs> um, it's really disappointing, I think, for, for a city and a fan base that is really behind them. We live about 20 minutes from the stadium still. And let me tell you, people are so excited about the Orioles and very, very less so about these city connects. They got leaked like a week or two ago when people were mad and people are still mad because I think they were wishing or hoping that those leaked jerseys weren't going to be it. They are so very blah, in my opinion. I can't talk you through any of it at all. Right. Why wouldn't they use this flag? Why exactly. They, there it is. That's yeah, nice. That's the it. That's the Maryland flag. flag. Right? Yeah. It's what's really cool. We can't, we can't cool. get crabs on there. We can't get... I don't know. There's that be... into a uniform would have been awesome. Yeah, like the University yes. of Maryland uses this, right, as their it's uniform. Awesome. Yeah, and it's it a could... really, like, some states, they don't care about the state, but that's, like, a really prideful thing. Like, people will wear shorts in the Maryland flag. Like, there's tons of Maryland flag gear, and that was one of the weirder things when I moved here was I'm from Connecticut, and I'm like, I don't even know what our state flag looks like, but it's a big deal here. So why not embrace that? 
Why not like say something about Charm City on there? I don't know. It it felt like they really went the safe route, but these are supposed to be fun and the safe route is just blah. I mean, I don't know who would own those. I think the regular jerseys are, are just much better. I do like the bee hats, but that's about it. You can't do the Angry Bird without – every time I see the Angry Bird, I just think Kevin Millar. So that does, it just doesn't work for me. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I see Kevin Millar because I think that was about the time when Kevin was ending. They brought it back. It's, but, it's just been – it's been a big miss. Yeah. Yeah. I think people were like, oh, maybe they leaked it to see what people think, and then they're, they're going to actually go with the cooler one. But no. <laughs> like I said, it's the Great Britain of the City Connect. It is. Yes, just as it totally is. Yeah, they just they they're not trying. It, it was very Oakland A's in the approach to how they did that. So <laughs> just saying. The uh, last few minutes here, Britt, I, I wanted to spend some time on a recent article you did called Way More Common Than People Realize. How some in MLB are bringing mental health into focus. Can you give us a glimpse of what you wrote about how I'm sure it took some time to put all that together and, and how much it's talked about in the game now versus like zero not too long ago yeah um obviously may is mental health awareness month and um once daniel bard went on il in spring training i was like wow that's that's really interesting a guy saying like up front hey i'm dealing with anxiety and then when austin meadows did it too and trevor may most recently with oakland i thought this is this is kind of interesting here in baseball, and I'm sure Eric and AJ have thoughts on this about how you know this was something that wasn't talked about very recently. I mean, this is a, a something where five years ago guys would be very hesitant to say, "Hey, I'm working on my mental health," right? And and it it's becoming a little bit more recognized and accepted in baseball because we're starting to realize that one, mental health is just as important as physical health. You've seen you know, Olympians and people kind of come forward. Guys in the NBA have been really outspoken about it. And two, I think we're finally starting to accept the mental skills part of baseball. Like it's okay to go out and talk to a coach about, you know, working on, you know, how you feel in between the lines. And the next logical step is, well, if you don't feel okay off the field, how are you not going to carry that over into something you do every day? I mean, you spend more time at the baseball field during the season, more time with those guys, then you do your own family. So, you know, guys are human at the end of the day. And I think people kind of coming forward like Bard and Meadows and, you know, a couple guys I spoke to in that article who came forward at a time where, you know, it really wasn't popular, like Justin Dukeshire, um, really had to deal with like the he's crazy kind of labels. I covered Justin after he dealt with clinical depression in Oakland and he went to Baltimore and people just kept saying he's crazy, you know, and you just were like, oh, okay. You know, we've come so far as a society where I think we're starting to understand these kinds of things. And teams like Seattle are, are really helping to support these guys. Tampa Bay is another team that really has a lot of licensed clinicians on staff. And what the Kansas City Royals is doing in having um, a woman who happens to be like mental skills and mental health. So she's kind of certified in both to help these guys. I think that's going to be the way of the future. I think the team that figures out, hey, we might be losing guys to this. You know, you hear about failed prospects all the time. You hear about guys who dealt with drugs or drinking. These are all coping mechanisms for mental health issues. So the team that figures out how to help these guys off the field best is going to figure out also how to help these guys on the field. They are very related. And I think we're finally getting to a point, we're getting better anyway, where we're okay talking about this openly. I would still like to see guys that come forward to say, you know, I'm dealing with bipolar um, issues. You know, I'm dealing with depression. I think anxiety has become, you know, one of those buzzwords where maybe players are okay saying I have anxiety, but we're still not all the way there yet. And I thought this was 
kind of an important thing to explore and hopefully kind of put in people's minds that players are human and players deal with, I think, more stress than the average human being because of just the, the pressure-packed environment this is. They've got us at their lockers after games. They've got social media where people are calling them awful things. They've got that threat of always being sent down or, or having their job taken. You know, I think people look at guys like AJ and Eric and all these pro athletes and they think, well, they've got money, they've got fame, they've got it made. And very often there is a darker side to that as well. How can we help these players through this time or players that are not not able to open up? You said they're, you know, the, the teams are bringing in people, but how can we as fans help these players? I think as fans, we can kind of step back and say, Oh, these guys are human. A guy gives up eight runs. He shouldn't get death threats, you know, in his Instagram DMs, right? I think you should kind of take a step back as a fan and maybe not attack these players, right? And it's something that, you know, I'm very cognizant of as a reporter is, you know, I'm, you know, if, if you're horrible, I'm going to write you're, you're horrible. I'm going to say you're batting this, this, and that. I always use numbers. I'm never just going to say, well, Eric Kratz looks like he gave up. AJ Brzezinski looks like he's not even trying, right? I think these are things that people kind of take a step too far because we get into sports and we're such fans and people really care about how things turn out. Um, I think we have to remember that these people are human beings who go to sleep at night and have families and have children and kind of have to deal with the aftermath of not performing. And often players, I think, are their worst critics. So piling on is really never going to help. So as fans, I would just say kind of stay off of social media. Don't make those kinds of awful comments or threats and, and things like that that really cross the line. And from a team perspective, I think more and more teams are realizing that having one EAP on staff just isn't enough. You know, you need to support these guys, especially in the post-COVID era. I think as a society, our mental health is just something that a lot of people are struggling with. Fred, I love what you said right there about back it up with numbers because as somebody that had a lot of things written and said about me throughout my career uh, it would have been very easy for me to kind of go down that rabbit hole luckily I didn't have the social media that is there today where people are saying whatever they want but yeah just don't get personal as a reporter as a broadcaster as a media you don't need to get personal it's not about personal everyone has their personal things their problems their their ups their downs but just please don't get personal and I appreciate you saying that and, and also just understand as fans, and we're all fans. I'm a fan. Eric, Eric's a fan. Scott's a fan. We have bad days, and fans don't need to say anything at times. Just understand, hey, you know what? He struck out four times. Maybe him and his wife got into a fight, or maybe his baby's sick and he didn't sleep. Yeah. Maybe he's not feeling well, right? there. And, and that's not an excuse as a former player. It's just reality because everyone goes to their job, whatever their job is, and says – man, I didn't sleep last night. The wife and I got into a fight or, you know, my son kept me up all night because he was sick. And you go and you're like, I'm just not productive today. And that's real life. So I appreciate you saying that, Britt. And hopefully people out there remember that. Like, it's not, we're not trying to do bad as players. We want to do well. And we're, like you said, our harshest critics. Nobody is harder on themselves than a player. I promise you. And just understand that as people watching it, the game is hard. Sports are hard. That's why there's only a few people that can do it and, and appreciate that and understand there's bad days, there's good days, hopefully more good than bad, but they're not trying to screw up. They're not. No. Yeah, and I think we're getting to a point where, you know, Kenley Jansen was really open about going to therapy, and I think we're getting to a point with this generation of players where people are, are not afraid to admit I'm getting help or I need help. I, you know, I think 
that is a key thing too, because people always say like, well, how come I didn't hear about mental health 20, 30 years ago with these players? Well, you didn't hear about it because they would drink themselves to near death and they had drug issues. And, you know, there's always been mental health problems. There's just been unhealthy or healthy ways to cope with it. And I think we're getting to a point where players are realizing, hey, I need to get help here. It's going to help my career. It's going to help myself. And J.P. Aaron Zibia was really great at opening up that, you know, there's always that fear. And A.J. and Eric, you could probably speak to this more, of using someone affiliated with the team because they can hold that against you in contract talks and arbitration and things like that or trade you away because all of a sudden, you know, nobody wants to be labeled a head case, right? I think we're finally, hopefully moving past that. But for a long time, guys were afraid to speak up because of those kinds of things. Oh, that's a great call. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll keep the combo going. And, and Britt, thank you so much for the time. And again, also for more insight on the article um, for athletic subscribers, of course, just type Brittany Diroli, The Athletic. You see all her articles. It's it's the second one up there right now after the great Chohei one. So check it out for more context. And we'll get into it for a few more minutes right now. But Britt, thank you so much for the time. And happy moving day coming up, I guess. <laughs> Do your best. <laughs> Think about oh, Kratz and his 94 moves and go, all right, we got a few less than him. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a lot of movers. I hope you didn't pay someone every time. It was just your wife, like, stacking the car up because uh, it gets up there. Yes, it does. It's true. <laughs> yep, yep. Kratz family All knows right, how guys. to move. They got their own biz. Thanks, Britt. <laughs> Take care. Appreciate it. Awesome. Great stuff from Brittany Droli. So I do want to keep the conversation going on that front right now. So uh, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I want to let everyone know a little bit about the app. Um, If you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist and and you can switch therapists anytime. No additional charge, just making it much easier um, for you to get therapy and the help that you need. So Kratze, I know, you know, as you started to talk about, you're super passionate on how, how can how can others around you be more helpful? So to me, there, there's multiple layers here. It's it's getting the, the personal one-on-one time, and then it's also getting the personal support from people if you're going through a tough time. Or I like to always play this game too. I don't know what's going on for so-and-so right now. So I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. Yeah, for sure. You, and you have a different view of it than maybe AJ and I have a different view of it. Grinding grinding through things. It's, it's an opportunity to not look at ourselves. Like don't, you don't have to say, Oh, well, this is what I went through. You can say help, like help that person get help. Like it says, you know, help is a huge, huge thing. And if you can help that person, if you can just like be caring and thoughtful of that person and just maybe step back and try to figure out, not, not try to figure out an answer, but just be there and supportive for those people. The other thing that I think is, is big, and this is for anyone, but, but on our show, we're talking baseball, burnout. So if, if you can't get yourself time um, schedule-wise and, and balance-wise together, then you can't be your best self and you can't be as helpful to others. So that's something that we're 
always, I think, dealing with just about anyone has burnout that hits them at times and maybe more so for some than others. So just it's important to figure out that balance. And no matter what's going on, most of the time, there's things that you can say, all right, I can probably do that tomorrow and spend an extra few minutes making sure that I'm good, that myself can be my best self, you know? For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's important for everyone to just take a step back here. And, and like I said, definitely check out Brittany's article. And uh, as you can see, if, if, if BetterHelp can, can be helpful for you, visit betterhelp.com slash FT live, get 10% off your first month. And kudos. Yes. Listen, I read Brittany's article and kudos to the players that spoke out because mm-hmm. Josh Bard and Aaron Sebia and Duke Schur, Daniel Bard, Daniel, yeah, Daniel Bard, Josh Bard, Daniel Bard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, those guys talking about this stuff because for years, and I think Kratz will agree with you, you were looked down upon if you were like, I got to see a shrink. I, I mean, in your clubhouse, they were like, what she said, they were what's wrong with this guy? Like, what do you mean he needs help? And now people are more open about it. And it's a good thing. Yeah. Because I think we missed out on guys with a lot of talent for years and years that were afraid to say something. Hey, I'm having a hard time with this because guess what? Oh, you're what this guy, get, get rid of him. He can't handle the pressure. Yeah. He can't do this or he can't do that. And and that's not the right way. And and I think also what you said just now, like take some time for yourself. Like, find something to do because I know as a player and, and, and Kratzy, you get in these hotel rooms and you're on the road for 10 days. You don't leave your hotel, you go hotel, ballpark, hotel, ballpark, hotel, ballpark. Like, get out, go, go, go find something, a hobby. You need a hobby. Mm-hmm. You need something to take your mind off of baseball or whatever it is you're doing, whether it's not baseball or something else, because baseball will make you mad. I mean, if you just sit there and think about baseball, 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 it is hard. And so, you know, if you're a player out there, find a hobby, find something else you can do that will take your mind off of it and, and be be okay with talking to people about it. Uh, just it's, it's, it's better for you. Big word. And, and just think about it. Balance. Big word. So find more balance uh, with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FT live today. Get 10% off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash ft live and glad we addressed that and, and spoke about it and yeah Britt's article was fresh from last week and it was important that we got her on and appreciate her coming on in with her balancing a, a lot right in the middle now. of a move appreciate that but it's good to just take some time and hopefully i i like to think that we don't feel like work when you just spend 15 minutes with us we're not taking up hour and a half of your time like many other podcasts would just come hang talk to us about life and and baseball a little bit so let's swing it back to some topics from earlier and we didn't get to hit on this too much but to piggyback off what Britt was talking about with the Mets coming off a weekend of of comebacks and drama and Lindor going up against Cleveland for the first time, which I hadn't realized, like I knew it, but I was like, oh damn, it feels like a while ago already. But Lindor first game on Friday gets the walk off, has a big knock or a big homer yesterday for the team as well. So they had some pretty bright signs. And I think we've talked about the Mets quite a bit on the show over the last week because they were plunging and now they're recovering. And Kratzy, what did I say? It's a pump the brakes team. Do you agree? Yeah, you. They're not, they're, they're not a mess. 
They'll be fine. It's Verlander and Scherzer. They made me look and sound really good yesterday. <laughs> they well, did. go on a limb there, Scott. Verlander and Scherzer are going to no, be good. No, because people are freaking out. Oh, they're not a good team. I'm like, relax. This is a team that's relying on two guys that didn't have it all together yet. Verlander's barely pitched so far this season. And like Britt said, he's, he's probably even more hurt than you think he is, Max. And he's essentially trying to pitch through it. Plus, the league made him press pause for two weeks for his sticky stuff suspension. That's not easy either. So I just think they've been dealing with a lot. They're getting their offense together. They're figuring out the balance of how much should we play the young guys versus making some tough moves. So I'll transition this too and, and mix this in there because we didn't get to it at the top of the show. The Yankees are dealing with this too on the other side of town. They have young players and then they have veterans like Aaron Hicks, who was struggle city for a while now. And they decided with two and a half years left on his contract, that's it. Seven years, 70 million bucks did not expire until after the 2025 season. It's like close to 30 million bucks left on the deal. And they said, can't do it anymore. And I know it's probably tougher than the team for the team than it is for most fans because fans were calling for it for a while. And everyone that spoke with Aaron said like the attitude was there. He was obviously bummed. It was taking a toll on him too. And whether this is the end of his career or a change of scenery for him, it just wasn't working in his current setup for a while. Yeah. Kratzy, you know him, right? I, I think, I think that you, you hit everything right on the head. Like, he was there, but I think he was bummed. I know from the beginning of the season he was bummed. Like when you're a guy that has however many, you know, two and a half years left on your contract, a lot of a lot of people outside of baseball want to sit there and be like, oh, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have that fire. He's the exact same guy that he's been when you signed him to the contract and he was one of the most defensively and offensively productive center fielders in the game. He had a rocket for an arm. He played the, with the exact same intensity or whatever people are looking for. You know, he was just, he was always very laid back, always very just, hey, whatever happens, happens. And now all of a sudden when you get a contract and you don't perform for the first year or the second year, or it rolls into a third year, now all of a sudden people are like, oh, he's lazy, he's lazy. That's not it at all. This guy... Plenty of people have have come on the show and been like, oh, yeah, you know, some of the best golfers are this guy, that. Oh, Aaron Hicks is always in that conversation. I say that to say this. Last year, he gave up golfing because he was afraid there was maybe a chance that it was affecting his baseball swing. So for him to give up something that is a personal hobby and he's really good at and enjoys and goes everywhere and does to fix his baseball swing – this guy cares, and I think he's going to be a, what did you say, bounce back candidate or change of scenery yeah, candidate? Yeah, change of scenery. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to be a guy, if you're looking for a switch hitting outfielder that's going to cost you the league minimum, I think he's going to be a really good change of scenery candidate. Yep. Well, this goes back to the thing we just talked about, the mental health stuff. How many guys have we seen in New York chew up and spit out? Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo on the Twins, he's one. There's a whole Sonny Gray. Look at him. It's hard. I mean, there's certain places that it's just hard, and you better be mentally strong to handle it. Yes. And he signed that deal, and he deserved it. And I and I know Aaron. He's a really good dude. Um, but 
there are things that come into it and you get off to a bad start and guess what? You start hearing it. You start hearing booze. You start hearing, man, and then you start trying everything. You start pressing. And I think you're right. Change of scenery is not always the worst thing for guys. Mm -hmm. And to come out of the, the grinder that is New York and go to somewhere else, I don't know, wherever they could use them. Let's just Milwaukee. Let's use Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee and New York are not the same on a press pressure level. I don't care. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, you want to do well. The difference is there's 400 guys asking you questions in New York. There might be four in Milwaukee. Okay? So every day you come in, all the fans are focused on you. And that sucks. I've been that guy. It sucks. It sucks to be that guy. It's fun when you're thriving, though. Mm -hmm. It is. But there's always that other side of it. Yes. Everyone looks at – you look at – let's – you know, let's – who's – Aaron Judge. He was here. The top of the mountain. Playoffs? Playoffs? Five minutes into the playoffs. Playoffs? He was back down here. Yeah. Right away. I mean, it was that quick. And that was bullshit. It was, but but that was that quick. I know. Right? So you always remember, as, as Kratz says, you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between. But in your mind, you think, gosh, I'm on top of the world. I'm Aaron Judge. I hit 62 homers. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, no. And then I can't get a hit in the playoffs. Oh, man, I suck. So let's do a longer version of slap hands. I have something from the beginning I want to get to and uh, a few other things. So with eight minutes to spare, we got a nice chunky slap hands for you. Uh, Let's run it. So awesome day. I mean, it absolutely flew by with with Cody, who brings a lot of energy, and Britt Giroli from the Athletic plus Max Muncie to kick things off. So, so two topics I just wanted to quickly run through here. One is we didn't really get into the St. Louis side of things. I mean, they're on an eleven and three run, averaging over seven runs a game during that time period. More, Nolan Gorman is playing out of his freaking mind. Their offense is looking like what we thought it was going to be. Their pitching actually still isn't great. Their pitching, Probably. even since that time period, has, has been okay. It's been a little better, but not great. Obviously, oh. Flaherty was the star in that one start with Contreras. All they had to do was take Contreras out of catching, and their offense got miraculously better. Hey, That's all they had to do. People are superstitious. That's all they had to do. Bregman was on with us on Friday, and he was like, I am so superstitious. Just the littlest things. And maybe the organization as a whole was superstitious, and they were like, we don't really have a legit fix for this, so let's do a voodoo fix for this. But it is working for them right now. They're playing how we thought they were going to be, and it's quick. That That's why I'm – I just think the, the first six to eight months or weeks of the season, sometimes people are freaking out, and the Cardinals are a classic example. People are like, are they going to be a fourth or fifth place team? Like, they're already five games back. We're in mid-May. They have so much time to win a division right now. Just saying. I'm not even saying they're necessarily going to because I think Milwaukee's going to put up a pretty good fight, but they're going to finish well ahead of the Pirates. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Agreed? Kratzy? Yeah, obviously. I mean, that's that's a cold take. Like, obviously. But my my thing is, what is the what is the sustainability of their team if every single day their starting rotation is a question? Like, where's that sustainability? Like, 
are they going to have to bang nine runs a game to be able to to be able to catch the Brewers or to be able to catch? I guess it's just them and the Brewers now, but you know, nine runs a game is it's not sustainable, and it's good. you're going to get worn out by the end of the season. The bullpen, which is a strength, will soon become kind of meh, which you, you just can't. You know, different parts of your game can't eat away at your strengths. I think they're going to pull an Atlanta Braves from 2021 when they won. They traded for a brand new outfield. They're going to trade for a whole new outfield? No, no, no. They don't need a new outfield. They're going, to, they're going to remake, remodel the rotation. Who are they going to get rid of? Michaelis they signed. Wayne Wright's his last year. They ain't trading him. Out of the rotation? Flaherty, Montgomery, Max. Which one are they getting rid of? They don't have to get rid of them. They can bump guys to the bullpen. No. Which one? All five Which of those guys are going just, to the you bullpen. Know what? You know, Eric, you know how we... we None we, of those guys. On? So so you're good, right? So if you're the Cardinals, you don't need to trade for a starter. This is your World Series winning rotation? No, but as a fan, which you are, yeah. and non-player, you have to understand. You can't just, hey, by the way, Steven Matz, go sit in the bullpen. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, but that ain't that doesn't work. Why? Mental health, we talked about it. No. He's done. He's bringing the whole team down, I promise you. Not, no. Listen, just, not, Steve, I'm not Steve, saying Stephen Matz will do that, but I'm saying Steve, as an example. He's pitched out of the bullpen before. No? Okay, as an example. Last year. As an example. five appearances out of the at, bullpen. He was coming back from being hurt. But as an example, you don't <laughs> take a healthy guy that's been a starter that you were counting on. Kratzy, tell me him. 505 ERA. Don't care. You Didn't you know what you do? You say, okay, we're releasing you. You're not going to take that guy and put him in the bullpen. You're not. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't work. They constructed Guys. it this way. It's constructed this way. It's already like, I'm not saying you got to stick with those five, and I'm not saying they're hoping for an injury, but who are you slotting in? You know, Giolito, are they going to trade for Lucas Giolito? Like, to, I just don't see who's out there besides Shohei Otani. They're going to trade for Shohei Otani. Cardinals World Series. Here we go. The White Sox is trading Dylan Cease. And if you make a good enough offer, they might. Sounds They're like going to go get Dylan Cease. Who are they giving up? Jordan Walker and, and, and who else? Whose birthday it is. Happy birthday, Jordan. Welcome to the 21 Club. Dylan Carlson. I just think a starting rotation. For Dylan Cease? Lars Newbar. For Dylan Cease. Who do you want? Let's make a deal right now. What what gets done? Dylan sees to the Cardinals. Realistically, the Cardinals don't have the prospect capital. That's the problem. You start with you start with Jordan Walker, and then you add about four so more guys. Guys like Tyler O'Neill. You know Hell no! Hell to the no! The Cardinals don't want Tyler O'Neill. Change of scenery guy for me. Two years ago, he was dude. The Cardinals don't want Tyler O'Neill. Why is that a change of scenery guy? I don't think he's been a good fit there for the last couple of years now. He's but he had was a lot of beef ago. with the organization. Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying. Tyler <laughs> O'Neill is a no. You know how they get a trade done? They find a team that's out of it. Mm-hmm. A Pittsburgh, right? And you go say, well, Mitch Keller's not going to work. But if they have a veteran guy. Like last year they had Quintana. And they said, hey, we'll give you, we'll, let's get Quintana and we'll send you Quintana back. Quintana and Montgomery types. Yes. Yeah, a, a team, and you but you have to match up. The thing is, is you find a team that's out of it that has a veteran starter that's having a nice year. Now I don't know what that team is, and you say, hey, we'll trade you, Stephen Matz, who I must think is on an expiring contract at the end of the year. 
I think he is. I don't know. Or, or something like that. But you make sure that. I think he has one one more. You make sure the mat, the numbers match, and then you say, okay, we're going to trade you our starter plus a prospect or two, that, an A-ball kid that might make it, might not, and then we'll take your starter back. That's how these trades work. Matt has two years left. He Matt's signed has a four-year, forty-four. Okay. Well, then he two years. Then ago. you better. Then, then if you're if you're going to say okay, then you can go to Pittsburgh and say, hey, we'll give you Matt's for Mitch Keller. Oh yeah, we're throwing in four prospects too. Take the money. We'll see what I'm saying. So it has to match up. But, but I'm asking for Tim Kentz, who is one of the top pitching prospects in the sport. Okay. But he's in a ball right now. He's not going to be up for at least it, a it year just, or two. They don't have the capital to go out and make a move. They've spent their capital on Goldschmidt, Arenado. No, I, I, they do still have capital. It's not capital they're likely to trade is what you're well, saying. Exactly. It's top-heavy. I mean, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and Tink Hentz are three of the top prospects in the sport, but I don't think they're trading any of them. No. Just about anything. No. But why is Jordan Walker not on the big leagues? That's a whole other question we've gotten into. Before. I don't think he's hitting right now. In well, it's because he's – well, because he already was hitting 270-something in the majors. He's like, that's not good enough. Yeah. No, he's thinking, man, that's not good enough. i got to go down there and hit 700 in the minor leagues and get back up. We're sending you out. Pressing. What? <laughs> imagine, and you're pressing. Imagine you're, you're 20, uh, now 21, and you're, you're hitting 275 in your first few weeks in the bigs. And they're like, we're sending you out. And I'd be like, oh, there's, there's another level above MLB? <laughs> what, what is that? Anyway, uh, Kratats, what do you got? This will be a good one for the boys. It's a Wisconsin, the Wisconsin uh, Timber Rattlers, the T-Rats, affectionately known as the T-Rats, the high A team. They sent me their alternate jersey. They're called the Utter Tuggers, the Wisconsin <laughs> Utter Tuggers. Like, big oh, shout out boy. to the T-Rats. I appreciate you guys sending it out to Key-Rats. This, nice, this is a nice jersey and hat. Wait, can I see that brim again? Yeah, it's a camel. The brim, that's that what brim I mean. Like they stick. No, it's cow. It's callow. Wow. And the udder tuggers and the big old fat udders on this thing. <laughs> yup. <at> those udders. <laughs> yup. Those it are like baseball classic. bats uh, or something else. Hey, Timber Rattlers. <laughs> were, are they still the Mariners? No, no. Brujahas. Brewers? Because they were the Mariners when I was in the Midwest League. One, I got mono there, which is a whole different story. Well, that's where it hit me. You played through it. No, I did not play through that. And two, dude, I'm, I was about to die. And two, uh, <laughs> David Arias was on the Timber Rattlers when I was in the Midwest League. Now, the artist formerly known as David Arias became David Ortiz. We made a trade. We traded for him for the Twins. We traded for him, and we told Terry Ryan, dude, you traded for the wrong guy. You traded for David Ortiz. He's like, no, 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 that's the same guy. He just changed his name and lost four years. Nobody knows that. Well, everyone knows he was yeah, David Arias. I think, no, I think a lot of people like younger don't, don't know that story. Yeah, he was David Arias, and then when he got to the Twins, he was David Ortiz. Now you know. He got younger. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. He didn't really do that. We used to joke with him, David. You went from the Mariners as David Arias, you came over to the Twins, you went from 21 to 18. Tomorrow, Tuesday, who, who we got? Pete Walker, Pat Murphy, and a player to be named later. I think it's all coaches tomorrow. We do have a coaching special tomorrow, so we, stay tuned on that. Oh one. man, I can't wait to ask Pete Walker about why you let Schneider go out to the mound this weekend. That's good. Grab Aaron Van and check out our White Sox giveaway. We'll see you then. Okay, AJ signed first pitch ball, clank ball. Where We're giving it? it away tomorrow. My dog ate it. There it is. Beautiful.
Otani signed photo too is up there now. We just love giving away free shit. See you Tuesday. Foul Territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame money line wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price, and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB.